In the midst of a global pandemic, the brave and fearless head of the Pac-12 says, yeah, a month and a half later and everybody else, we're actually going to try and start playing some football. We're going to talk about that. Pick every game this week against the spread on this week's Eligible Receivers. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start the show. Hello, blog fans. Ineligible receiver, offense number 64. By rule, that penalty is disregarded. This is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, of which there is none this week, pick next week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. And I'll tell you, I think that uh, intro was a little choppy, but I'm only doing one take tonight. So uh, I'm going to let that slide. We're here on November 3rd. There's other things going on in the world that have our attention. We have (laughs) as as excited as we are for this Pac-12 season to get going in earnest we have yeah. we have limited bandwidth here yeah it's presidential election night and it's up in the air right now who knows who's gonna win let me run two takes uh by you that i've made on previous podcasts okay uh take the first uh four years ago about this time uh uh it was uh hey want to be pretty cool that our kids like uh will grow up and like you know like my daughter's first two presidents will be uh an african-american guy and a woman yeah yeah Yeah. and then that didn't that didn't end up coming to pass uh let me take you back four years before that uh or maybe maybe two maybe even maybe just two years before that uh uh, I, I, I believe I went on what I, what I've come back around to, I think is a very astute position. You shouldn't care too much about this stuff. <laughs> now I'll, I'll be honest. Listen, do as I say, not as I do, Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. there might've been some slippage in the intervening years, but I've, I've kind of gotten back there to that space where you just got to say, Hey, you know, uh, what, you know, we're, we're very blessed due to our, uh, you know, unique situations. We both have, you know, good jobs and, uh, stable home lives and stuff like that. Stuff's rough for a lot of people in the world, but, uh, you know, call it privilege, call it whatever. You can only worry about too much if you want to stay mentally healthy. Uh, and for the vast majority of people that I would say would be interested in listening to a PAC 12 football podcast, stop caring about politics. (laughs) Yeah. And start caring about Pac-12 football because that's what we yeah. that's what we have coming up here, and it's something that you know is a, good, a nice and welcome diversion to the shit show that is is the social media coverage. Oh, of it's politics. such a shit show! It's a, and it's designed uh, to drive you crazy. And I will say, it absolutely worked on me, a hundred percent. We didn't get picks from Dirty Worm this week, did we? We'll get them. We'll get them. We're, All right, we'll get them. It's, not, it's, anyway. it's not like Worm's going to be here early. Like that's not that's not how Dirty it's, Worm rolls. Worm will will amble in with his picks, you know, in time, but just barely. I love it, dude. I love it. All right. Uh, I've laughed about that, like, to myself many a time when I'm, like, fucking, I'm, like, you know, like, on a, like, a night where I'm, like, just reading, hate reading Twitter for, like, two hours. And I'm, like, I know I said once that you shouldn't care about this. And I know that that version of me was right. Yeah. (laughs) Why? What am I doing? Anyway, let's talk about football. Who gives a shit about that? And we're starting things off on Big nude Saturday on Fox, Arizona State and USC. This is a real, uh, maybe too good a game to have as like your opener here. Yeah, like potentially like decides the South, like coming out of the gates, right? Like, yeah, these are the teams that are like probably in that conversation. Yeah, so like let's go. Here's here, let me tell you what, and and I'll tell you, I've done zero prep for Pac-12 football this year. I barely know who's on what teams. 
here's what I know about Arizona State. Uh, they got the Herm. Uh, they have the quarterback who's a freshman last year, I want to say, who turned out – he was, like, kind of good. I, I can't recall his name for whatever reason. But uh, I'm going to look up on their statistics page, and I bet it'll show me. Jaden Daniels, who was, like uh, – because they were coming off. They had had the guy the year before who was competent, and he graduated, and it was like, oh, there's going to be some fall off. And this guy ended up being great. Now – on the, on the same page, they lose Brandon Ayuk, who, like, never, you know, I always thought about five other receivers in the conference other than him, but that guy is legitimately the 49ers' number one receiver. Right now. A, miracle, like, excellent. a miracle yeah. plug yeah. for my fantasy football team this week. <laughs> yeah. I pulled that guy oh. out of nowhere off waivers and plugged him in for 16 <laughs> points. <laughs> yeah, Brandon Ayuk, dude. Who, of course, of course, we were all, it, it was always going to be Brandon Ayuk. Yeah. Here's what I know about USC. Clay Helton still there. That, let me. Uh, I, I like to draw tenuous uh, uh, connections with Premier League football. The only Gunner Solshar of the Pac-12, in that he for somehow still has a job he has no business having. Yeah, I... this never should have happened. Everybody who's not there knows it's ridiculous and it's just like working to everybody else's benefit, but they stick with it for some reason. And USC is going to be quarterbacked again by a guy to me whose name I maintain is plainly a pseudonym, Keaton Slovis. That's nobody's government name. That's This is a guy who murdered some people in a few states over and has built a new life for himself. And he's a 10.5-point favorite coming into this game against ASU, Jaden McDaniels. ASU last year legit took Oregon out of the playoff, right? Like, Oregon was six. Like yeah. rank six, they were like seven and one or eight and one. I mean, they were like they were on the precipice of like legitimately being in the playoff conversation. They go down to the desert. Jaden McDaniel goes off. Jaden Daniel, Jaden McDaniel, whatever his name is. Jaden does really well for himself. They beat Oregon. Um, USC, yeah. I mean, it's their quarterback situation has been a revolving door, right? Like who's Who's the guy at Georgia who was the quarterback at USC for a while? Oh, Georgia? Yeah, he's at Georgia. He has a nice mustache. Um, JT Daniels? JT Daniels is at Georgia. Uh, Last week, due to a COVID scenario, Jack Sears comes in for Boise State. Has a real nice game. Uh, Because Bachmeyer, I guess, had had the COVID. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jack Sears, former USC quarterback, and then, yeah, to your point, Keaton Slovis, who's not a real person, is now – I mean, it's like they can't – you know, I mean, for, for the majority of our adult life, like what USC has done correctly is quarterback, right? Like, yeah. Liner, you know, like that guy – you know, I mean, even if you want to go Mark all the way back to Carson Palmer, but like, yeah, I mean, like Liner, Sanchez – you know, uh, who's the Matt Barkley, like, you know, yeah. Like, Oh, he was a monster. You know, Carson Palmer. I just named you 16 seasons where the quarterbacks right there. Right. I mean, like these guys came in and then even Darnold, I think he left early, but, um, Oh, he was like when, when he played, he, he basically is the reason Clay Hilton works because they were like, yeah, like something ridiculous, like 20 and three when Sam Darnold started when Clay Hilton was a coach. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like USC quarterback, you know, you can judge USC by their quarterback, you know, stability, I guess. And right now it's just a joke. Um, so USC minus 10 and a half, like get out of here. I'm taking ASU. 
Whew, man. Um, I've, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I have no reason to think USC is going to win the game. I hate their coach. I think Keaton Slovis is actually kind of good. I'm sure he's a five-star. That's not the point. The point with yeah. USC is they plug a guy and he should start at least three seasons. Like, I mean, Carson Palmer, Mark Sanchez, Matt Barkley, Matt Leiner. How many seasons is that of starting quarterback play? Do you and like guess low over under and we can go look it up later. But I'd say I'd say I, I like mean, fourteen, right? Like, yeah, you'd say it's yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's probably exactly right because like, like a couple. Well, I know like Sanchez left early. Uh, I think Carson I Palmer started as a freshman. Early. I think Matt Barkley started as a freshman. Um, yeah, and I th- I want to say he stayed four years. Yeah. Uh, I know Sanchez left early because it was a big kerfuffle with uh, Pete Carroll. Liner came back uh, to his significant disadvantage. Um, <laughs> yeah. Significant uh, misplay of his of his prospects. Turns out if you got Reggie yeah. Bush in your backfield, like uh, leave when he leaves um, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, like whatever. Um, yeah, that's like 14 years worth of guy, like starting quarterbacks right there, four guys, you know, and like in the last two seasons, it seems like they've had 10 different starters. Um, so maybe, maybe Slovis is the answer, but they, I can't get behind that name. Forget it. Yeah. You. I, yeah. I want to, I want a guy there with a, this was the only thing I never liked about Sam Darnold is I think he's got a weird looking face. Uh, and I think I need my quarterback straight out of central casting with a name like Jeff fuck, you know, like something that's just, <laughs> you know, like just fucking direct. Yeah. Hard consonants. There you like go. Keaton Slovis. AC Slater. Like, yeah. This is a nonsensical name. Zach I Morris. Even... Now in at a quarterback for USC, Zach Morris. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like that sounds like a USC quarterback. Keaton Slovis. <laughs> Get out of here. Oh, yeah. So yeah. All right. You talk, you talk me into that. I like Arizona state. All right. I mean, it's like home and away, but like the stadium's going to be empty. So I don't even know how much like that's such a bizarre. I mean, we're just like really just picking the teams here because nobody's there. Like nobody's watching this thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's go to the next game. We're going to be your traditional, the proper time to start college football, 1230 in the afternoon on the West Coast. Yeah. well, I believe is Utah Mountain Time or Pacific Time. They are Mountain Time, I believe. Well, it's well, it's twelve thirty Pacific Time, whatever. So they're starting at a one thirty there, whatever. It's perfect for me. That's when I think football games should start. Arizona and Utah. Uh, Kevin Sumlin, uh, beleaguered. Utah, uh, same problem uh, in terms of uh, you, you don't you know the offense has never really gotten all the way together. And, <clears throat> excuse me, something in my throat. Uh, Moss, by the way, tearing it up with the Bills last weekend. I don't know if you saw that. That running back from last year? I did not. Dude, he's like, uh, he came in there and he was like their guy. Okay. I need to like, I need to like put in a waiver wire pick or something like that. Who's, who's, who's Utah's quarterback this year? I mean, that's a great question. That I don't they know were the choosing answer. between two guys. Uh, that's that's all the more I remember. I don't know either of their names. I know that like uh, t- one or two years ago, they had signed a guy who was a four star locally, yeah. and then when he wasn't named the starting quarterback immediately, he was like, "I'm going to transfer," and they somehow cajoled them into sticking around, I believe. And so it's between him and one other guy. So. You know, it's going to be one of those deals where somebody starts the season and the other one goes in the transfer portal. Yeah, so we got Utah minus 14 here. That's a big line for Utah. Yeah. Kevin Sumlin, I think, is is like fairly hapless at Arizona. He has not done 
squat there. And it, and he definitely seems to me like a guy who, you know, I, I think A&M really messed him up mentally, you know, and just like, and he took the Arizona job because it was there. And, you know, it's like, you know, it's a contract that's sitting on a, on a desk in front of you. That's, you know, like a guaranteed it's millions like of dollars, 14 or $15 million guaranteed, no matter what you do, you know? Yeah. Like, and so it's like, you, you like, you can't not sign that, but I mean, he hasn't recruited really. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's no buzz around his program. Like they're not particularly proficient at anything. Um, like they don't have anybody off the top of my head. I cannot think of a single player on their team, you know, which like, again, like who, why, you know, who cares? I live in Washington state, but like we, you and I like pay a lot of attention to the PAC 12. Like we would probably know if they had some superstars somewhere and, and like on their program, they, they just don't, you know? Um, well, they did. They did for a second, and then they somehow ruined him. He's not there anymore. But Khalil Tate. Yeah, but he's gone, right? That? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, but he's gone. But he, for that for that period, the first year he got into games where it was just like playing immediately that they had been starting the wrong guy. Uh, that Khalil Tate got in there and he was unplayable, and then he hurt his ankle, and then they were like, "What if you just dropped uh, back and did passing?" He was like, well, yeah, I want, I want it. Yeah. And then like somebody, and then like they had the thing that where it's like, uh, somebody came in and there was some buzz about maybe they'd go to like an option attack. And he made the statement that he didn't come to Arizona to be an option quarterback or something like that. He wanted to make himself a pro style quarterback. Uh, and I think we had said at the time and afterwards, they should have done the option because he was unplayable as a runner. Yeah. And like, it doesn't matter why you came to Arizona. Like you are what you are, dude. Like, yeah. This dude was like a next level and like jokes on him now. Right. Because as it turns out, like the Kyler Murray, you know, Pat Mahomes style quarterback. Now, granted, those guys can also sling the rock a little bit, but you know, doesn't, doesn't actually hurt to be like super mobile and have that as like part of your repertoire. Um, yeah. Well, I'll it. tell you what he's not anymore as a quarterback. He's listed as a wide receiver on the Eagles. I can only assume practice squad. Yeah. <laughs> if, well. if at all. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, if you want to take, but yeah. So in terms of that, I'll, I'll t- yeah, I like Arizona in that game. All right, I'm gonna take Utah. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure why. Um, I mean, I think, I think I think Utah always has the line play right. Like, and we're talking about teams that don't really get much coming out of the gates, like in terms of time together and all that stuff. Like Utah is just gonna have like those mean, you know, like they just always seem to have like the really like legit Samoan D line guys who. Yeah, just mess you up, you know. And so I, I, fourteen points for Utah is a ton. It's probably a mistake. I like the but... under. Uh, my pro- yeah, my yeah. problem with it is that this is the the two schools of thought on this one are going to be uh, uh, Arizona hapless. And then, but uh, yeah, but you're totally correct because I know exactly what you're thinking, which is like, is Utah going to score like twenty one points? That'd be like great yeah. for them. And then all Arizona has to do is like get in the end zone once and kick a field goal, and they've ruined it. You know, like yeah. And then, then the, 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 the other factor at play here is with this lack of practice, I'd say uh, if I was going to uh, list the teams in the conference one through 12 is like who I think is going to be ready to go from jump on this one, I'd put Utah near the top, probably in Arizona at the bottom, uh, you know, d- towards the bottom, Utah towards the top uh, out of respect for uh, Whittingham's amazing consistency he's had there. Uh, so I think that might, you know, like, so that, uh, could make your Utah pick a good one, but I'll, I'll just stick with Arizona based on Utah's uh, uh, historical inability to score. And of course, who knows, dude? You gotta you gotta watch the team play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And which we can't right. do. <laughs> so. Which we can't do. Next one. Here's a real, this is like maybe each team's opportunity for a conference win right out of the gate. They both need it. UCLA and Colorado. We've got Chip Kelly. We've got former UCLA head coach Carl Durrell back in the conference at Colorado. Um, mm. And I believe, who I believe I saw was starting a converted safety at quarterback. Yeah, I, this is a free money game to me. I don't I. I'm going to be shocked if this game is close. Yeah, and UCLA kind of like they uh they you almost thought last year that they were going to turn it around. They had that heroic comeback against Washington State that was just it was the it was the mother of all cougings, you know, where they 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 like it, it was a you know, getting towards like a 30-point deficit and they just roared back in in Martin Stadium too. Dorian Thompson Robinson or something like that. I mean, what's the name like yeah, it's quite yeah, the name, yeah. quite the name, but for the UCLA quarterback there, but he's a good player. Um, well, that I think that's uh, that's uh, on his day, he's fine, but I think he's not terribly consistent, much like their entire team. Yeah, they're the UCLA, like, yeah, they're lucky USC's been kind of not at elite tier because it's uh, uh, taken up a lot of the air in terms of LA college football conversation. The the fact that UCLA has been so bad the last couple of years yeah. is uh, criminal. Yeah, because like for, you're looking, for, I'm looking at UCLA and I'm like, is Miles Jack still there? And I'm like, oh no, he's been in the NFL for five years. Yeah, okay. you know what I mean. Like it's yeah. it's like no, no, he's not. He's really not. He's not there at all. Like it hasn't been for some time. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I I like UCLA in this game too, just because Colorado. I I think you you know. I think both inconsistent teams who are probably going to be towards the bottom of the Pac-12, Pac-12 South, certainly. Uh, and, yeah, we'll see. But I think UCLA is a little further along in their project, and maybe Colorado would be more satisfied to just kind of uh, put in a game effort. You know I mean, Colorado, I mean? right, like, new coach, uh, not a very good coach, as far as we know. I mean, Carl Dorrell excites nobody, I think, on, yeah. on this – on the West coast in this conference. I don't think anybody, any other head coach in the PAC 12 is losing any sleep over the fact that Carl Dorrell was named like the head coach, Colorado. Um, you know, Steven Montez is gone. He started there forever for, for Colorado. He was good. He wasn't great, but you know, he had a ton of experience. LaVisca Chenault is gone for Colorado. who was like their only playmaker. Um, so good. It was so, so good. good. Such a great player. So much built around him. Uh, languishing know. at Jacksonville. Do you see who Jacksonville starting at quarterback this week? Uh, it would, they, 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 uh, yeah, it's, uh, the old Oregon state guy. Um, yeah. Jake Luton, Luton right. They yeah, benched, yeah. They benched the stash, dude. dude. They're like, that's enough of that horse shit. <laughs> yeah. Your only, your fancy outfits can only carry you so far. All you want to do is I, dump the ball off six yards. Like how many yeah. times in a row are you going to do that? Like, <laughs> yeah. Jake Luton's going to get out there and just not believe the caliber of teammate. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to underthrow their <laughs> by 15 yards. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, they're like, I they're like, you know, he's going to like be, th you know, th throwing up meatballs the first couple of times. And his receivers are going to be like, throw it through my hands. Try to disintegrate my hands. Yeah. And also you threw believe that to me, me brother. You, I can yeah. catch it. You threw that to me, assuming I was going to be at the 15. I was at the eight. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Because he had an arm, as I recall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, I, you know, who knows, you know? Jonathan Stewart, man, old John Stewart. Like, that guy, he's he's 
good coach, you know, and, and I, I agree. Like Luton's a good player. He's going to, it's going to, it's going to blow his mind. These NFL receivers that he's got. <laughs> yeah. Just like Jonathan Stewart, when he was under center at Oregon state and looked out to his right and saw TJ Husmanjata and looked out to his left and saw Chad Johnson was like, who cares? Like I'm throwing it one way or the other, but it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's going to get caught. Yeah. This rules. Yeah, this is fantastic. <laughs> this rules. And when I get tired of doing that, I'll hand it off to Kenny Simonton. Yeah. And, uh, and freshman Steven Jackson. <laughs> Kick-ass running man. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, man. That, what, a, what a confluence of talent. Dennis Erickson, man. Dennis Erickson in Corvallis. Erickson, in Corvallis. <laughs> really dialed it up for a couple of years there. Yeah. Never to be repeated. They, really. should, they, <laughs> they ought to write a book about that, man. Like Bruce Feldman needs to get his happen? ass into like Corvallis and, and there needs to be some kind of like his meat market. He just wrote another one about LSU, but there, there has to be a book about how that like situation came about because <laughs> it is nonsensical. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a fun team that was. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, uh, how do we get on that? Oh yeah. I got, I got confused, but anyway, we both like UCLA. I think that's the last game we talked about. Yeah. My, now let's go to, how we got there, but well, I believe uh, is also on Jacksonville, right? He plays for Jacksonville. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next up, we're talking about, uh, Stanford and Oregon, big PAC 12 North matchup Stanford down season last year. Uh, then what KJ Costello transfers to Mississippi state has a game against LSU we think, oh my gosh, what a move! And then it turns out LSU is just garbage, uh, and Mississippi State is also garbage. But Stanford uh, is going to be—I don't even—who's even playing quarterback for them? I have no Who idea. Knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, I have no idea. It doesn't matter. I'm going to look at. I'm I'm going to the Stanford website. I want a Stanford fact. Who's playing quarterback for Oregon? Is it, uh, isn't it Millen? Tyler Tyler Shubb or whatever his name is? I thought it was Millen's kid. I thought he wasn't a senior until this year. I didn't think he was there yet. Is he there? Oh, hell yeah, he's there. He was there last year. Oh, shit. Goes, you know, I'm old. Yeah. No, he's he's like a redshirt freshman, I believe. I thought that the uh, the battle was between this Tyler for Oregon, Tyler Shubb. I'm saying his name wrong. I don't, I'll learn it after I watch him play this week. And then they had a, a transfer from somewhere. Okay. That was pressing them, and they were choosing between them. I didn't see Millen's name come up, but also who knows. Well, I'm going to look right now. Oregon releases his first depth chart. Show. Or Anthony Brown Jr. Senior. Shuh. Shuh? Shuh. Shug. Shug? I don't know how to say that. They're back. They're third string, I guess, since he's this is the guy named Jay Butterfield. I like that. Oh, Brown, yeah, transferred from Boston College. I read an article about that where he, like, had some success, but then he also had, like, knee injuries. Okay. But, like, he has legitimately played college football. Well, that puts him in uh, well ahead of anybody that Oregon's going to be put under center. Yeah. Man, he's, Oregon he's is. like, viable. So I've, I learned that information from the Stanford website. What I didn't learn is who Stanford's starting at quarterback. We'll find out. Uh I like that. I mean, the Ducks, uh, you know, we we load them. I think they're all fantastic vibes down there if you're an Oregon fan. Like, everything's looking great. I mean, they did get screwed with COVID opt-outs, but uh, – Dude, dude like, still, super like screwed, right? Best yeah. best player probably in the entire country, Penny Suel, opts out. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know that there's anybody – like, from an NFL, 
you know, maybe not like on a purely college football standpoint, but I mean, definitely from a COVID opt-out standpoint, the best player by a country mile is who to opt out is Pene Suel. Um, and then like their entire secondary, like the entire secondary. Well, I've, I feel like a couple of those DBs ended up coming back. At least one of them did like, uh, you know, opted out and then opted back in. Uh, but yeah, so well, I've, I, and shrewd move by him because like with the limited, uh, film this year, because of the lack of the college season, you feel like, uh, he's a real high floor pick. If you're picking at the top of the round and you're saying, oh, I'm missing, uh, you know, 200 reps I would have otherwise had on this guy. And who knows if they're going to do like senior bowls and stuff like that. Uh, but I'll, I've, you figure if I take the best offensive lineman in the country, I'm going to be able to get some use out of him. Yeah. So you, you're on Oregon for this. I'm taking Stanford. I get uh, yeah. I'll take I'll take the ducks. I get eleven this. points I've, on this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll you know, who know? I I think I need to take more dogs. Is the only one I have is Arizona right now, but yeah, I like Oregon for this one. Okay. 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 Next up, we've got in Corvallis, your Cougarinos and your Beaverinos, uh, Northwest Championship game right out of the gate. Uh, Washington State Nick Rolovich's first game in charge with the run and shoot. An offense that I last recall uh, being viable with the Warren Moon Houston Oilers. Yeah, Houston Oilers. 1980s. Yeah, yeah, team that doesn't exist anymore. It's, uh, yeah. it's a team that last uh, deployed this. So that's a bold move, bold, bold strategy from Nick Rolovich, who, like, I mean, I don't know. I, I, you, it's hard to decide. Like, he got hired, of course. You know, when Mike Leach left and. I just can't get a beat on this guy, but I feel like he's going for, he's going for some like quirky, like weird vibe with the stupid hat and all of that. And it's like, they just had Mike Leach. Like you can't, that's just like, that's the wrong play. You know, like you're not going to out Leach Leach. Like he was way a hundred times quirkier than Rolovich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's just like his – it just hasn't landed with me. I don't know about you, but it's just like – it's just seemed awkward and forced. It's just seemed really, weird. Really, I, I, I don't know anything about the guy prior to uh, him being named the Washington State head coach. <clears throat> Excuse me. I followed him, uh, you know, on the Twitter, and, you know, so I think he was doing, like, cool moves. Like, he was going out meeting up with Coug fans in Seattle to go have beers and stuff like that. And – I, I don't mind him being quirky. I've everything with him for me was being played perfectly until the, uh, uh, that stuff about the players unionizing that was never going to go anywhere. But, uh, you also just need to like, all you need to do is publicly support the players because you're trying to recruit more of them. What you don't want to do is, uh, be recorded on a phone call by your own player uh, telling him he needs to drop this shit or he's going to get cut or whatever it was that he said. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that was dumb. Like that was super dumb. That, that's like the only thing if I, the other stuff I'm like, that's cool. Pullman's like a, a quirky place. Uh, he's a quirky guy. They're, they're comfortable. I bet that's a nice soft landing after losing Mike Leach. You know what I mean? Like this is a guy that at least to some extent likes to chuck it around and He's going to be playing, uh, you know, a novel offense, uh, uh, which is probably good for them, you know, because like, at least in terms of the Apple Cup, as long as Leach stayed there, they weren't going to beat Washington because we figured out the two plays to run to stop them, you know? Yeah. 
so like it'll be nice to have a little variety there for them. So I mean, we'll we'll see how it works out. You know, yeah, you, you never really know with these transitions until it actually happens. So yeah, and I think, but I don't know. But but I'll take the beeves in this game though. Just so I was gonna say farther along. We're not talking enough about Oregon State, which is like Jonathan Stewart's like doing a reasonable <coughs> job down there. And oh, it's yeah, fantastic because you think about that. Like he comes into this with. Uh, this Oregon state job with Stanford rolling, uh, Oregon, uh, ticked it right back up towards where they were. I mean, they won the Rose bowl last year, you know, so they got back up to their highest point they've ever had as a program immediately as he's still getting settled down there. Uh, Washington after being dormant for a period of time was coming out the end of the Chris Peterson era. So those are like three monster programs in your division. And then Mike Leach has WSU going as good as they've ever gone for an extended stretch of time. Uh, so that, and then like, and even, even, uh, Cal, who we're going to talk about in a second, uh, has been putting some things together. So like really tough time in the division and they've, uh, done exactly what you want to see. If you're coming from a place that's, uh, limited from a resources standpoint, like Oregon state, they just get a little bit better every year and almost every time they play. Yep. I agree. That's that John Stewart's done a good job down there, man. He's going to get a big job like sooner rather than later, you know, like he's, he's got another year or two down there of like what you said, just kind of plugging along, getting a little bit better. And that guy's going to get an opportunity at like a big program. Um, so it's interesting. We'll see. I, 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 I love talking about WSU and Rolovich. I, again, he's struck me a little weird coming in there. I think he tried to, you know, his hat, I think it's just his hat that pisses me off, frankly. But um, yeah, but really, OSU is a story in this game, and OSU minus one and a half, like, is not enough. I think uh, WC starting a true freshman quarterback. I believe uh, they've had a, a number of defections um, over the offseason. Guys entering the portal and opting out, uh, which Rolovich has handled poorly. So definitely, yeah. definitely the beeves in this game. Yep, I agree with that. All right, and that leaves us with our last game to talk about of the week, which we always leave for last. The Washington Huskies are traveling to California, who they lost to the last two seasons. Uh, the infamous, uh, we're going to bench Jake Browning for Jake Hayner to throw an interception game down at Cal two years ago and lose by a score. And then the lightning game last year <laughs> where uh, uh, there was a big goddamn lightning storm, and I wasn't even going to the game, and I was sitting at home, and then like my kids were asleep, and it was like 1030, and I was like, you know, they'd only played like five minutes of the game. I was like, fuck, I'm going up there. Like, yeah. So I drove up there, parked for free on the Ave and walked into the stadium and watched the game of college football for nothing. Walked in like I had a ticket, which I did not. And they nobody gave a shit uh, and watched football. It was great <laughs> up until the point where Washington lost. Yeah. And I went there uh, similarly with uh, my entire extended family. I mean, back in the day when you were allowed to hang out with your entire extended family. Uh, yeah. The good old days, we'll call it, and then, the before times. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, <laughs> and then spent a significant amount of time underneath the one of the concrete like causeways there uh, yeah. with my extended family, and then we spent about an hour in the Dempsey Center uh, with my extended family, and then we went home. Um, so you and I, you and I crossed paths in the night. Um, yeah. in that, on that particular case, I think you win at the end of the day. <laughs> well, you didn't I, win. I'll tell you that much. Like, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you didn't win. It's you didn't win that fucking game. This, I did get to see a bunch of like weird people, like randomly, which is as somebody like I don't live in, I live down in Tacoma, so I don't see Seattle people all the time. So that's always like a big treat for me. And then like our buddy Siegel was up there for the game, and I never see him, so I got to like hang out with him a little bit. Fucking a. Uh, so. That was, it was a treat, I would say. Positive experience, and it was fun to do. 
because uh, it's fun to kind of exercise your freedom like that, especially when you're a middle aged guy like me. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, it was it sucked that they lost. Yeah. This game, uh, I mean, we, we should talk a lot more about UW and Jimmy Lake, and we should do that. But let's let's first point out that some probably like 55, 60 year old guy who, who like sets the lines in Vegas for you know for a sports book or two. You know, and remembers like who Don James was, and and remembers yeah, yeah. that UW beat Cal like twenty seven years in a row. Um, set the line here at UW minus six and a half. Um, the line now is Cal minus one and a half, which will tell you what the market thought of that. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thought of that line, um, and so that's that's quite the uh, shift. Is uh, eight points as far as I can tell in the last three weeks since this line first came out. Um, yeah. So somebody's getting a stern talking to and, and, you know, internally they're talking about maybe it's time for him to retire kind of thing. Cause you know, he is just like, I thought Brunel was going to do it for it, for the dogs, yeah. uh, you know, but uh, so that's somebody, kind of the president got to game week and somebody was like, huh, Washington has listed uh, four starting quarterbacks. Yeah. <laughs> too many, too many quarterbacks to start, frankly. So they say if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. Yeah. What does that mean? If you have four of them? Yeah. One of those things, you know. What um, what are your thoughts of the of the lake, you know, the, the Jimmy Lake era here as we uh, get kicked off? You know, he's he's been the you know he's been the head coach for a minute now. Peterson bailed before last season was even over, and you know Lake was the coach and waiting. By the time UW was playing in the bowl game against Boise State last year, so he's yeah. so like Lake has kind of like gotten a little jump on this thing but but what's your what are your thoughts on the on the early uh returns for jimmy lake here without having an actual you know game to his credit well what i like about it is that uh the continuity i think is great i think washington was ticking over uh really well obviously under chris peterson even though you know they uh you know never won one of those big six bowl games uh they uh but, you know, I mean, like, this was as good as Washington has been since the 90s, you know. Like, uh, so I think the continuity is excellent. I love the restoration of uh, Kwiatkowski to uh, official defensive coordinator. I think yep. the defense was actually better uh, when he was in charge of it. And yep. I understand why they had to elevate Jimmy Lake and let him call plays because he was because he was going to get a college head coaching job at a program like Washington. If you didn't do uh, that, yep, totally. Yep. So I understand why the move was made and the defense actually didn't get that like that much worse. And maybe it's just a function of the, the players that they lost or maybe just kind of, you know, who knows if, you know, what, what Jimmy Lake was altering schematically or what they lost by Pete Kwiatkowski having to take a step back. But Pete Kwiatkowski has long been lauded on our podcast uh, and apparently nowhere else as one of the greatest coaches in the country. Yeah, in the history of time, <laughs> this guy like... <laughs> I, I think, He's insane. I think people don't fully recognize the fact that, like, even in 2016 when UW was loaded and went to that playoff game, like, University of Washington's defense in that game gave up 14 legitimate points. Yeah. Seven of those points came on a pick six at the end of the first half. That's obviously not on the defense. And then three of the points came on a turnover that was in field goal range that the UW defense then forced a three and out, essentially, and Alabama kicked a field goal. Like UW's defense showed the fuck up for that game, and they didn't have an offense that could back them. Um, yeah, it, it, like Kwiatkowski's a genius. Like, yeah, he's so good. It's unbelievable that that he doesn't get more credit than he does. Um, 
And so I think that's you, a- you have to think that like he's just that somebody has to have been looking at what he's been doing. And he's like, maybe he's just maybe he's just content to be a defensive coordinator at a school like Washington, where uh, the assistant bonuses have gone up because the team's been successful. I wouldn't be surprised if he's making a million dollars a year. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I'm sure we could check that. But uh, that sounds about right. You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah. And it's like and. You know, maybe the the flip side is uh, he doesn't get the credit he deserves. Maybe he doesn't get the heat either. You know what I mean? Because the last time he was in charge, defense was great. And it's been Jimmy Lake's deal since then. So, like, he's like, you know, in terms of, like, he's got a low-stress existence. He's like, I just want to be excellent at my job, which I am. Yeah. He's super good, dude. I, I, I mean, I, I look at Lake, and I think you and I are on the same page when it comes to, like, first-time coaches. You know, like, I mean, I think, honestly, like, Sark was kind of the – like he's kind of like a great example of what a first time head coach does. Right. You know, like he yeah. comes in and he's like, he does pretty well. You know, he's like, okay. Can't really get over the hump. You know, there's a big, you know, like a big uh, uh, rivalry game. He has a hard time with, which is obviously like for was, was Oregon for him. Um, you know, but like all in all, I think if I look back on the Sark era, I would say like, yeah, he did pretty good. You know, like that's, that's. Yeah. Great. I mean, he, this was an absolutely moribund program that he took yeah. over and he came in and he changed the vibe of the place. Yeah. Uh, so, which is, so if you, yeah, if you say that's like, groundwork. if you say that's like the baseline for a, like a first time head coach, like that's a, like slightly above average or above average, we'll call it. Yeah. Um, you know, look at where Lake's at. Like Lake takes over a program that's in much better condition than, uh, you know, then Sark obviously got, uh, he's got a ton more support because Peterson's still on campus, apparently at the Foster School of Business doing something. And then Kwiatkowski obviously is up in the box or, or wherever he is, but he's coaching the defense, which is what really matters. Um, and, and, you know, Lake is a, is as good, I think, a recruiter as Sark, if not maybe even a little better. Um, so if you say like, you know, the odds of a first time head coach uh, failing to get to, the Holy land, which I would say is sort of like PAC 12 championship in his first three seasons, maybe, um, yeah. you know, like that's, that's like shoot the moon for like, I would say the failure rate of a first time head coach in any power five conference to achieve something of that nature is probably 80%. Um, you know, like it's just, it's just so rare. I would say that that Lake has probably got, I would say 50, you know, 50% chance to do it. You know, like he's got a bunch of things going in his favor that, most first-time head coaches don't get most first-time head coaches don't get a program that's coming off a really good recruiting year you know really good wide receivers coming in really good linebackers coming in on this recruiting class um you know lake's got a lot of advantages that that uh, you know hopefully he'll be able to boost to advantage but but still like realistically probably a 50 50 chance that he fails um yeah and so it's like i'm i'm interested to see it and cal like going down to cal like they've got the most experienced quarterback in the league with garbers um, you know, they've, uh, Wilcox has proven himself to be no slouch in terms of a first time head coach himself. Um, you know, he's really done well down there and they lost a ton to the draft last year and then also to COVID. But yeah, I mean, this is, uh, you know, per the rule of the, the pod, we'll, we'll pick you up, but this is a, uh, I think this is going to be a, like a really tight, close, very low scoring game, um, which means it'll be miserable for you and me. Um, but that's, my, I won't like any part of this thing. Yeah. I mean, uh, the other thing is that, like, what is uh, uh, John Donovan, the new offensive coordinator, uh, who was at Jacksonville uh, before that at Penn State, where he was kind of 
run out because their offense wasn't doing as well as they thought it was. And then they, Penn State gets this new offensive coordinator in, who's actually, I believe, the offensive coordinator at Oregon now. Uh, and, uh, you know, got those James Franklin Penn State teams up fighting towards the top of the Big Ten. So uh, what Jimmy Lake had said that uh, why he's bullish on Donovan is because in his experience, when Jimmy Lake went to the NFL, that was like an absolute game changer for him as a coach. And he thinks that Donovan is going to have a similar experience. Uh, just like, you know, seeing what the game is like at that highest level. And you just learn things that theoretically could be applied at the college level. Who knows, dude, I'm willing, you know, I'm not like I have any choice, but I'm willing to give the guy a shot. Uh, and it's not like I've been super thrilled with what our offense has been doing for the last three seasons. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think so, it's good to have some new blood in there. Something happened to coach to to Chris Peterson in 2016. I don't know if it was the Alabama game or or what, but like he really got neutered um, after that, and uh, frankly, like just wasted um, the the tail end of Jake Browning's career um, with uber uber conservative. You know, I'll never I'll never forget like you know uh, make it to a Rose Bowl. You're playing Ohio State. Uh, like you didn't even try and start winning that game until the end and like almost pulled it off. Right. Like they, like yeah. once they like took the, took the reins off and like tried, they were the better team, you know, in the second half. And it was like, boy, it would have been nice to be doing that from like coming out of the gates. Um, I, I don't know what happened to Chris Peterson or why that happened to him. Um, but obviously you could tell by the end of last year, he wasn't, um, he wasn't enjoying himself. That was actually you and I talked about the Apple Cup last year. So, like, what do you want to see coming out of the Apple Cup? And I said, I want to see Chris Peterson and you know, like, look like he cares to win and like wants to win. Um, you know, like, I'm very confident, you know, comfortable and confident that Jimmy Lake wants that. Then the thing that I am a little bit, I don't know. You look at our offense and you look at our offensive coordinator and where you know the offense wasn't great and hasn't been great for a couple of years. The coordinator, you know, who knows. The thing that I, I sort of feel okay about is the, the offensive line is massive. I mean, just massive. Um, several very, very good tight ends. A stable of really good running backs. Um, there's nothing super sexy about that, but I like the like the makeup of talent, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, just a bunch of, like, that's, a, that's an offense that's just bigger and more physical than, like, almost every defense that UW is going to face. And yeah, there may be some issues with speed at some point. Um, but like even, even UW's like I talked about the recruiting, like uh, the, the kid they brought in McMillan, uh, the receiver and uh, Rome Udazi, the other receiver, six, two, six, three uh, Puka Nakua is still there. Uh, big, big dudes. Um, it just seems like the offense is set up to not be super exciting, but maybe, maybe not. You know, like it doesn't matter because it's just so much bigger than the other team. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's what that's what I'm kind of that's the thing that I'm hanging my hat on and being hopeful for Washington this year is because Jimmy Lake has the continuity and like you were talking about, our lines on either side of the ball have been recruited uh, fantastically, and I think that's the first order of business uh, if you're looking to uh, dominate. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like that's what I'm. I, I don't expect our offense to be you know, anything like the Oregon Marcus, you know, Mariota years of like, you know, I just don't expect it, but they've got great running backs. They've got great tight ends and they've got a huge offensive line. It's like, okay, like that's, 
that's something you can work with, you know, like it, that's not super exciting, but that's typically a winning formula, particularly if you're going to run a pro style offense, that's a good start. So I, I have no idea what to expect from this, you know, Donovan character, but at least he has some component pieces to be like, please, you know, you know, please don't screw this up and try and get fancy. Just smash the rock at these guys. You'll probably win if you do that. Yeah, you'll be you'll be in games if you do that and you leave it to our defense and our defense should be good enough to, you know, create some havoc. They should we'll they be, should be elite. We'll dude. be ugly and effective. I expect nothing less of a Kwiatkowski defense than that they'll be absolutely elite. Yeah, especially with the caliber of player, which is, I, b- I believe now, as good or better than it's ever been in terms of, like, recruiting rankings of the guys actually on the field. Yeah. Yeah, all right. I agree with all that. Okay, uh, anything else to add? Well, we're going to implement our eligible receivers parlay. Oh, yeah. So every week we'll be picking a three-team parlay based on the spreads to see how we do with these this new legalized sports gambling world we live in. You or I can go into a uh, casino and illegally place a bet on college football. Now, is this I, – I had read – actually, I was, I was reading about that today. Only on the casino? Only in like, the casino. I can't do it on the phone. We, we are not allowed to download the very convenient apps uh, that would make this something we could do from the comfort of our homes. It is only legal in a casino. But I could theoretically – you're telling me that I, who does not happen to have court tomorrow and lives fairly close to a casino. Very close. Uh, I could, like, at lunch, pop over there and get a little juice. Sounds like you could. I believe I believe that's 100% true. And I uh, would very, very much like you to confirm that for me tomorrow at about 1230. Like, maybe text me from just outside the sports book, you know, because you're not allowed to have cell phones in the sports book, but be like – yeah, I can do this, and I'm here. I'm happy to do that. Yeah, I would love to hear about that when you're there. Yeah, yeah. Well, let, I mean, let's put let's get uh, some units down, and let's let's she actually keep track of this. I agree. So, so we've got our eligible receivers parlay. So, I have a parlay selected, and I am open to discussion on it. I have selected Stanford, which you and I are not on the same page on. The other two teams that I picked for the parlay, we are on the same page. I picked UCLA minus six point five. And OSU minus 1.5, both favorites. And then our, my third selection was Stanford. Is there another team other than Stanford that you would like to see in this parlay? Uh, no, I don't mind Stanford. I think it's a the, – the two I feel great about are that UCLA and Oregon State ones. Yeah, so I, I feel lo- really I good those. about those. Oh, I mean, Arizona at minus 14, I could get behind that just because, again, it's it's sort of the opposite. You know, it's sort of the opposite of what I'm doing with, with Stanford, which is I'm taking a huge underdog. You could take Arizona as a huge underdog. At, and get no, let's even more uh, let's go let's go with Stanford, uh, and then uh, if you know if uh, we hit, you can pick it again next week, <laughs> and if they don't, I'll pick it. Yeah, I mean that's fair. We'll we'll keep track of how we're doing, and then if you are are I mean if you get to the casino tomorrow and confirm that we can bet this, like, like we're gonna bet this, like we're gonna you know like we're uh, gonna do this. Like, for real. I will be Venmoing you, and we will be we will be doing this thing. Yeah, um, hell yeah, let's do it. I didn't. I happened to read about that law today in like the Barney's or yeah. something like that, and I was like, wait, I don't know how I missed this. Yeah. Then they had something about some goddamn app you could use, but you could only use it when you were on casino property. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I don't even know if that's viable. I'm yet, setting like, up a the, VPN what, as far as I can tell. What good is that yeah. doing? Yeah. For me. <laughs> yeah. We got to get a car in the parking lot and get a VPN in that car, 
And I think what it sounds like is that we've got a, a an opening in the market here uh, for uh, your somebody, some, uh, you know, kind of entrepreneurial person in the Fife community. Yeah. A college kid, maybe a UPS or PLU to spend, <laughs> yeah. their, to spend their lunch hours. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Really. I know a guy who knows a guy, yeah. you, want, you know, he'll, he'll go place this thing for you. Yeah. Well, all on, all on the up and up. Hopefully that's you. Let me know if you get over there tomorrow. I would love to know <laughs> yeah. if that's true, that we can actually gamble at that casino because I know exactly which one you're talking about. Yes, for sure. You almost hit it when you drive on the freeway past it. The problem is, is that there's like 80 of them over there. And so I'm going to have to really research which building I'm going to. There is. Yeah, but it's got to like be that either huge. Side of the it's got to be that big building. It's got to be the one like when you're going north, that's just right off to the right there. Like, that's the biggest damn building I've ever seen. Yeah, but I don't know if it's like 100% complete yet, because we just drove by it. Uh, I don't know if the Death Star is functional. <laughs> okay. Really? I didn't know. I thought it was open. There's like a lower floor that doesn't look like it's 100% going yet, but there were a bunch of cars parked over there. I mean, worst case scenario, you could just take another five minutes up up, five, up by five and jump off at five. And I know that other one, like off to the left, is open. Oh yeah, for sure, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That, yeah, it's, there's just too many casinos for that to be one casino. It's yeah, yeah, far too many. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let me know because then we can right. we can start the we can start the eligible receivers, you know, parlay fund and see how it goes over the course of the season. That would be very yeah. that would be very enjoyable. I <laughs> would be that'll be next week's episode. Week two, we're broke. <laughs> week two, our GoFundMe <laughs> link is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, man. That does it for this week's episode of Eligible Receivers. For Eric, I'm Warren. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week.